3: that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, there's a lot of news we're going to be covering today. And we have some really interesting audio clips. We're going to start out with something that a lot of people are not talking about. And that is that China, China and France... Complete first yuan settled uh, liquid national natural gas trade, signaling the end of using the U.S. dollar for these energy trades. So China completes the first yuan settled LNG trade, and when you think about it, that's a pretty big deal. I don't. Uh, someone, uh, Kyle Chase says, I don't think people understand how huge this is the dollar has been the world reserve currency of the world given the massive banking collapse strengthening of russia china economic ties saudi arabia kenya oil deals now longer no longer done in dollars we see a global economic shift away from trade in dollars when no one wants to use the dollar Brazil is in bed with this China and Russia of course. So this is a real problem. This is a this is a scary scary proposition right here is what we're seeing play out here. So that is something of great concern that's happened under the watch of the biden administration they allowed this to happen they provoked it to happen you know you're going to hear a clip right here where president trump basically said he could end the war he could end the war in two seconds with regard to ukraine and of course that would be easy right right here let's take a listen to this
1: That I could do so much. I'll give you an example. When I said I could fix this war in Ukraine in 24 hours, but you can only do it from the presidential seat. You can't do it. Let's say he sent me over as an emissary. You can't do it. You have to be in that position. You have to be the guy. I would set, I would fix that within 24 hours. And if I win, before I get into the office, I will have that war settled. 100% sure. Mm -hmm. And everything I said has turned out to be right. You know, everything I, it so, has turned out to be right. So you have the great, a great life now, you know, besides well, the legal, other than the the of legal investigated issues, by every prosecutor in America. You know, if I fly point over a Democrat ten. state, right, you're prosecuted. I jokingly say. But if I fly over, I get prosecuted by putting, I have to go to a grand jury the next morning. Putting putting that aside. I would say Donald J. Trump has a great life in Florida, in Mar-a-Lago, plays golf, has golf courses. You play with I know people that have played with you, some of the most famous and best golfers of all time have yep. played with you. Why, why give all that up to make this next run? Why? Because I think our country is dead. We're a failing nation, and I think we're going to fail completely.
3: Yeah, I don't uh, doubt it for a second. But uh, a couple of things he said there which are so true, only the president has the power to do what Putin, to make the guarantees that Putin would feel sure about. And Biden is in bed with the military-industrial complex and is corrupt in Ukraine by way of his family fortune, the Biden crime family meddling in Ukraine, meddling in the Middle East, meddling with China, of course, and meddling in the electrical vehicle battery manufacturing business that he is basically propping up artificially against fossil fuels at the detriment and the negative impact of every single human being on the planet. The Bidens will profit from that. We've talked about Freeport McMoran, the Arizona-based mining company that was given license and billions of Chinese dollars to mine in the Congo, and also then to get a piece of the action on the back end with Empirex, the battery manufacturing company out of China, And the Bidens are brokers. You know what they call brokers. They break everything. The brokers break things. But brokers are these middlemen that just get in the way. They're basically toll collectors. And that's exactly what the Biden crime family is all about. They got the brain cells of a toll collector. How complicated is it to push the button to lift the arm on the toll? Put the quarter in the basket and the the bar goes up. They automate that now, right? So, I mean, the point is, is that these, this whole energy initiative is about the Bidens getting rich. And of course, we know that climate is all about slave labor. We know this. We know this to be absolutely true. And yet Jan and Yellen will sit there and say this. So that dummy uh, basically is is, uh, pushing climate change as a way to explain away her her horrible economy. And in addition to that, uh, they're doing the same thing with open borders, which is ridiculous in and of itself. Now... um, Let's see. I'm um, just looking for the next clip. All right, so that's Janet Yellen, and you know they're pushing climate because that advances slave labor. Climate advances the slave labor because it basically renders the West. Uh, it puts pushes the West out of manufacturing, which is where all the slave labor is. It, it pushes manufacturing to the east it pushes it to china and they could look at it and say well that gives us leverage over china because we can control because we'll be the world will be their vendor and they'll have to answer to the world and it doesn't work like that once china has the monopoly that they already have it's game over you know mccarthy's going to taiwan just like nancy pelosi What was good for Pelosi Pelosi getting her palms greased is good for McCarthy. Now, you can look at that in a multitude of ways. One, you can say, well, if we keep sending our congressional teams over, it may, you know, create the appearance that we have a working relationship with Taiwan with regard to chip manufacturing, with regard to supply chains, with regard to all of these things. And China dare not disrupt that because that would be in a, a uh, sovereign is, is, issue or or a uh, conflict of interest with the United States that would give us pause and reason to uh, aggressively retaliate to China. So this puts—China doesn't like it when we send congressional people over, delegate delegations to, over to— negotiate and treat as normal relations with Taiwan. The one-China policy doesn't agree with it. When Nancy Pelosi did it, it seems kind of odd that only a couple of months later that there was like a billion dollars uh, changing hands. And um, she I, I think she got her palms greased. And I would say that McCarthy says, Well, you know, I'm I'm speaker now. And why not me too? Why not me get my palms graced? You know, I'm gonna go over there and make a few promises and someone's gonna pay me off in one way or another and I'm gonna get what I need. And I'm gonna be treated like royalty. They're gonna roll out the red carpet because they know I can put stuff on the floor as a speaker of the house and so, on and on, right? We're going to go ahead and take this call? Caller you're on the air caller you're on the air, and the caller's not on the air, okay all right, um I'm just gonna do to put the you know, and i I realized that we might be having some difficulty with our show right now but um, we could easily put a fix to that um, in the podcast version of this show Um, but yeah so um, you know it's hard it's hard to do a show sometimes when you have a lot of these technical difficulties going on at the same time but we just played um, so the climate you know the climate initiative is such that um, it's all about corporations demanding politicians push climate to regulate and restrict manufacturing in the West, which there's no sense in doing that anyway because salaries are too high, the, the civilization and the edu- over education of the populations, de- you know, make it make it virtually impossible to really compete. So they say, why not just use all this slave labor that's going to starve to death? It's a humanitarian crisis. So why not help humanity keep people from starving by, you know, pushing manufacturing into these developing nations? And we'll keep on calling them developing, even if it's China, which the World Bank has and so has the Paris Agreement. And... These climate initiatives have all deemed China developing. They're developing. So, you know, we're going to give them the manufacturing and make it so we can avoid starvation in their populations. They have billions of people. They're willing to work for $10 a day. And the corporations are like, this is a great boon for us. It's going to be a great profit center for us. And in turn, you know, um, we get cheaper products, so the consumer is happy, the corporations are happy, and then people use those money they save to go to hotels, but guess what? That stimulates the economy, and guess what? Next thing you know, you need hospitality, you need dishwashers, you need uh, all these slave labor workers in domestically, and that's where the open border comes into play. And that's why I was talking about this thing we played yesterday with Holly, talking about the Ticketmaster for the um, the border security, and it was about Biden's uh, DHS and Mayorkas has partnered with Apple and Google app stores to support the voter registration data collecting illegal migration app which is basically the CBP1 app. You can download that in in your app store in uh, Apple or Google. So you can go on and you get this CBP, you know, uh, Border Patrol and um, CBP1. And basically what I'm saying is it's a data collector. You fill out your information, you submit it, you set up an appointment to come to the border, and they'll just process you and let you go right into the country, give you a hearing date, give you an ID, give you a tracking, give you all this stuff to track every every part of you. They're going to then take that data and farm it off to a voter registration bank. They're going to then take those voter registrations, they're going to send ballots out because they mail every ballot out to you know every ballot every registered voter gets a ballot mailed to them now where that law came from i have no idea it's hatched out of COVID, which we know now was a government project the u.s government we're going to listen to some some uh in exchange with Rand paul and uh tony blinken Because this was an operation right out of USAID and NIAID, the Pentagon, the CIA, and who knows? I think that it touches upon Ukraine because of all the biolabs they had in Ukraine and then also the partnerships we've had with China. And, we, we, you know, China's not as big of an adversary as we think it is because they're in— they're working in partnership with the globalists to get that slave labor to keep their people working and to keep those supply chains and those shipping lanes open. And so long as all that's happening, there's going to be a lot of politicians profiting. So Biden's DHS Mayorkas uh, and Mayorkas has partnered with Apple and Google app stores To support the Voter Registration Data Collecting Illegal Migration Tool, it's an app called CBP-1 that speeds migration of illegal slave workers to the United States. App data will be collected by voter registration. Their ballots will be mailed indiscriminately and collected over the course of 30 days during an election season. By ballot harvesters, mules will deliver these ballots into drop, complete them and deliver them, the ballots, into drop boxes to be counted as needed after the election, mind you. After election day, results are tallied so that they know exactly how many of these illegal votes they need and they'll only use what they need. This will all be paid for by corporations and their corporate media fake news partners who benefit from cheap labor and cartel lobbyists in the form of campaign donations to politicians who support open borders and relaxed investigations by Soros DAs and investigators. And how do you like that? Because that's really what's in play here. It's how we get to this, you know, trans storytelling and all this other BS that's going on in our military. We've done past the slippery slope. The slippery slope was the LBGT and trans community. I'm going to bundle them all up into one. Let us get married. And so Kennedy came out with the whole thing about constellation of benefits. And you say, whoa, okay, that's progress. Gays can get married now. Chuck one up for the team. Then the gays say, bake our cake. I don't care if you're Christian or not. And all of a sudden, that gets settled in court, in the Supreme Court. And some people are forced to bake that cake. Or it's discrimination. But yet, never mind the political discrimination that's going on in our schools and everywhere else. And then they say, use our pronouns. Use our pronouns. Call me whatever. Call me Great. Great Scott. That's my name. Don't wear it out. And then they say, allow minors to dance for for us at drag queen shows. Then they say, let the teachers choose your kids' gender. And then they say, let the children choose their own sexual Uh, gender mutilization, gender reassignment, they call it. And then they have this T-shirt that says at the end of this graphic, trans rights or else. You give us the rights or we're going to shoot you. We're going to kill your children and we're going to kill your children's teachers at Christian schools. So Kaylee McInerney, weighed in on this, and here's what she said.
2: Because it obviously doesn't fit the liberal narrative. That's the clear answer. I mean, this is basic transparency. People want to know why this individual did what she did, but it's unfriendly to the left-wing media's narrative. If we've learned anything, Jesse, it is this, how obvious and profoundly disgusting the liberal media's anti-Christian narrative is is um in fact the ap headline i just saw about that hero principal who left a zoom meeting ran into the hallway into gunfire without an arm herself and gave her life for her students well the associated press a mainstream wire service in this country described her as a rare female leader within a male-led religious culture
3: it's absolutely nuts the other thing is in terms of harding the targets um
1: just in talking to people over the last few days, there's ballistic tape that can go on all these windows. It's not bulletproof, but it slows you down. Now, think about this. Uh, from the fourth, it took four minutes to kill the killer. If you could slow that killer down for just four or five minutes with good cops, which they yeah. were in Nashville.
3: That's Brian Kilmeade. Uh, I got that clip from Fox and Friends. But uh, the Kaylee McInerney part is the part that you want to listen to, not the Brian Kilmeade part. He's a moron. Um, They already know what the motive is. They have her manifest, but won't release it. Looks like, to me, it's open season of whites, Christians, and MAGA. Let's take a listen to this exchange.
1: Madam Chair, thank you, General, for being here. Um, General, I want to ask you about the shooting at Covenant School, which is part of the Covenant Presbyterian Church, I, I realize that the shooter is dead, but the shooter could have had collaborators. Do you plan on, on opening a hate crime investigation for the targeting of Christians? The um, FBI and ATF are both uh, on the scene working with the um, uh, local police Uh, As of now, motive hasn't been identified, and the police chief said at at his last press conference that they don't yet have reached a conclusion with respect to uh, motive. Uh, We are certainly working full-time with them to try and determine what the motive is, and, of course, motive is what determines whether it's a hate crime or not. Madam Chair.
3: Yeah, okay. So, you know, it's basically stonewalling. They don't want to get to the bottom of it. Release the manifesto. There are a lot of people that are really smart people that listen to this show, that are on Twitter and Facebook, and there are a lot of psychologists, scientists, and a lot of people that can interpret this manifesto better than this select few scientists that seem to get it wrong every single time. So, you know, it's one of these things. Um. We can do better. Hey, there's breaking news: Alvin Bragg's Manhattan Trump grand jury is set to break for a month, and Bragg blinks. So they're they're not capable of going after Trump right now, and it's a, it's a shame. And if they bring this up in a month from now, it's going to look really bad for Alvin Bragg. And uh, I say that. Um, Jim Jordan needs to call these other DAs to the stand, to the committees, and question these people and go after them. You know, Soros, uh, this is news coming out too, Soros helped launch Obama's political career in Illinois. Now, I know that William Ayers was at his house. He was part of Weather Underground. They were part of a terrorist group blowing up things in Washington, and naturally, Barack Obama fell in love with William Ayers for all those reasons but uh, there's a we're going to be doing a little bit of an expose on William Ayers then the question is remember it was Soros who launched Obama's political career and Soros is a British asset okay and then you have Barack Obama basically hanging out with a bunch of people uh, in England and in uh, in Australia. And so people were wondering what's going on there. So we have a lot of problems. And this isn't going to make it any better. Anthony Fauci sells his memoir to Penguin Random for $5 million. So Fauci is getting a $5 million upfront deal. 82-year-old has sold his memoir, which will chronicle his life the penguin rant. This is a guy that's killed untold numbers of people regarding AIDS and COVID. This is the got to be one of the most monstrously stupid men on the planet with a very thin skin, very radical left winger. And this is the problem. You know, what Kaylee McInerney was saying is. If this was a white supremacist in Nashville that did the shooting and wrote a manifest, that manifest would have been out lickety-split. But as it is, it's a trans woman, or man, whatever. It's a woman, wants to be a man. And they're covering this up. They're protecting this person. And I don't get it. And the result of that is we have, we have a national security issue. We have uh, high, higher crime. They just did a report in D.C. The crime is through the roof, violent crime. But we have like trans storytelling in our military. And this is a uh, Gates exchange with uh, Mark Milley, the general that wants to understand white rage and white privilege. And uh, I know he's white, he says. Right. And commits to ending drag queen story hour events. But let's take a listen to what Matt Gates had to say here.
4: Mr. Secretary, you told Senator Schmidt yesterday that if the eight thousand plus service members who've been separated from the military due to the vaccine mandate want to reapply, that they're welcome to do so. But that you would do nothing to solicit their reapplication or to incentivize it. Why is that?
0: I think it's incumbent upon the individual to to make that decision and reapply it. The mechanisms are there.
4: Yeah, but why don't – I mean, you're overseeing a recruiting nightmare in our military right now. These are 8,000 patriots. And by the way, your department broke the law – In administering the vaccine mandate, and that's not me saying so. That's the Inspector General for the Department of Defense who wrote on June 2nd of 2022. We found a trend of generalized assessments rather than the individualized assessment that is required by federal law.
0: The department did not break the law. Uh, The vaccine. So the DOD,
4: So wait, wait. wait. You mean the IG is wrong? You think the the IG is wrong? He says he broke the law.
0: Lives of a number of. uh,
4: of What ruined the lives of a number of people too? And it ruined the lives of people who love our country and want to reenlist. Let me ask you this question: If we direct you by force of law to reengage and incentivize the reenlistment of these folks with full back pay and rank, do you have the capability to follow that instruction?
0: You put uh, provisions in the law uh, to enable those uh, those people to to uh, those former service members to reapply in accordance with the service man, service. Good. Uh, well, we
4: will do that just like we had to put the repeal of the VAX mandate in the law, and I get the sense that the only reason you're not reaching out to these folks is pride. Because otherwise they would be totally able to serve, and it seems that your personal pride is getting in the way. So going from the deeply serious things that we're not doing, reengaging these 8,000 folks, to the deeply unserious things that we are doing, go ahead and put up the first slide. I guess my question is, how much taxpayer money should go to fund drag queen story hours on military bases?
0: You know, drag drag queen story hours is not something that uh, the department funds.
4: Well, wait a second. That's actually not what the record seems to suggest. You were going to fund one at Ramstein Air Force Base. That one got canceled, but that's DOD insignia. That's a drag queen story hour for children. Then also at uh, Malstrom Air Force Base outside of Great Falls, Montana, you had a, a drag queen story hour for kids. At the Joint Base Langley-Eustis, you put on a drag st- Queen Story Hour on a Saturday for the first ever kid-friendly diversity, equity, and inclusion summer festival. And at Nellis Air Force Base, you had the Drag U Nellis on June 17th. Who funded these things, Mr. Secretary?
0: Listen, uh, drag shows and, uh, are not something that the Department of Defense uh, supports or funds.
4: So. Well, wait, why, why are they happening on military bases? I just, I just showed you the evidence. Why are they happening?
0: I will say again. This is not something that we support or fund.
4: So you think hosting a drag queen story hour on a military base isn't supporting the drag queen story hour?
0: I stand by what I just said. But
4: but you may stand by it, but it's belied by the evidence over and over again. I mean, are are you aware of the uh, piece uh, Biden's military Air Force Base in Montana holds drag show drag queen story hour for kids in the Western Journal? Are you aware of that?
0: Again, I will but, say what I've said yeah, before. You're saying
4: what you're saying, but I guess it just doesn't comport with the facts. General Milley, this will be my last time to question you. You mentioned two years ago that you wanted to better understand white rage. And so my question is this. Did you read this book?
1: No, not at all. What is, well,
4: it, what, it, it anyway? is... A, what is White Privilege is the book, and it's actually written by a DOD official, a senior official in diversity, equity, and inclusion, and there are now... Hundreds of these books in dozens of schools, and I wonder if you guys connect this to your problems with recruiting
1: i've never read it, never seen it um, I, frankly i don't even think about that stuff I
4: think about well, put up the next put, go ahead and put up the think next about slide. The, readiness of the force go ahead and put up the next slide please okay well in in the next slide, this is a tweet by one of your employees in charge of diversity equity, and inclusion, and it's it's patently racist they say that uh, she had to give Karen the business that she talks about caudacity, presumably of Caucasian people. So I guess terrible. why does the I, I, look at it, I, well, why is that? Person like you're so not getting an argument
3: from me. That's terrible. It's wrong. She shouldn't be
4: doing that. Period. Should she be fired? I don't. That's a DOD employee,
1: not U.S. military uniform.
0: Do okay. I? Should they be I, fired, would, would Secretary I
1: Austin? Uh,
0: again, as you heard in your uh, subcommittee here, uh, this this incident was investigate it, and... Uh, and, and they're courses. still employed.
4: Mr. Chairman, I have a series of unanimous consent requests since my time has expired.
0: But objection uh,
4: f- First is Joint Base Langley-Eustis holds drag show at Kid Friendly Festival. And the next is U.S. Military defends drag show at Largest Training Center as, quote, essential to morale. And the next is Nellis Air Force Base hosts first-ever drag queen show, essential to morale and readiness. That's a Breitbart piece. And uh, finally, Ramstein cancels Library's Drag Queen Storytime for Pride Month following criticism.
1: Objection. So what are gentlemen's time has expired?
4: Can I just, can I get copies of those? Because I'd like to take a look at those myself,
2: actually. Take a look and, and find out what actually is going on there. Because I, that's the first I'm hearing about that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't read those news stories. I don't know what you're talking about. I'd like to take a look at those because I don't agree with those.
4: Well, they're I think, now in I think the those official record. shouldn't be happening. Period. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for that admission.
0: Great. I would like to point out, uh, Chairman, that uh, our, our students in DoDEA schools scored the highest on— uh, the eighth graders and fourth graders scored the highest in math and reading.
3: Who cares? You know, uh, these, these fools uh, shouldn't be running anywhere near a military. Austin is dumb as a rock. Millie is as woke as can be. It's, it's a joke. It's just an absolute joke. So, um, yeah, this was, uh, I think we just heard this. From the
4: deeply serious things that we're not doing, reengaging these 8,000 folks to the deeply unserious things that we are doing. Go ahead and put up the first slide.
3: Yeah, yeah, we heard, heard this. All right, so I want to play this clip here as well. Um, this is, uh, any regrets regarding the Afghanistan withdrawal? Let's take a listen. Five minutes.
5: Secretary Austin, last week General McKenzie repeated that he has many regrets about the botched, deadly, and embarrassing withdrawal from Afghanistan, and that he supports investigations into that withdrawal. A moment ago, you didn't. You said you executed the president's order. You didn't tell us what you advised the president to do. But do you have regrets about the withdrawal from Afghanistan?
0: I support the president's decision.
5: Do you have regrets about the withdrawal or how the withdrawal occurred? from Afghanistan, that cost of the lives of 13 of our service members.
0: I, I don't have any regrets. Uh, you don't have um,
5: any regrets. Secretary Austin uh, it's very telling. Uh, Secretary Austin, um, has there ever been any accountability for anyone within the Department of Defense for the deadly botched and embarrassing withdrawal from Afghanistan? Any accountability?
0: Hey, listen, our, our, our troops evacuated 124,000 people off of that airfield. Has anyone and-
5: been held accountable? If a Navy captain grounded a ship, what happens
0: immediately? Typically, that that captain is removed.
5: That captain is removed. Has anyone been held accountable for what happened in Afghanistan? To my knowledge, no. You don't regret it? No one's ever been held accountable? Mr. Chairman, this is why this Republican majority must provide the accountability that this administration wants to sweep under the rug with what happened in Afghanistan. Millie, um,
0: to be clear, I don't General Milly General Millie, a few weeks did. ago,
5: North Northcom Commander Van Herk sat before us and testified about the situation at the southern border. You commented a little bit ago. You agree, it's a, there's a crisis at the southern. border.
3: So he's asked the question there. Um, he's going to be Millie's going to be asked the question about whether he wants to, you know, he could put troops down there. And he he talked out of both sides of his mouth. Basically, he said uh, that uh, he didn't agree with it. But uh, but that the border crisis, is, the border, uh, the southern border is a crisis. But then said, we're not going to put troops down there. So, you know, I mean, the thing is, is that you can't have it both ways. you got to either, if it's crisis, fix the crisis. Of course, we were going to build a wall and that didn't happen. And we know that why that is. The cartels said, we don't want that to happen, went deep into their pockets with their lobby groups. Because let's face it, cartels aren't just these guys with guns, machine guns strapped to their chest. They're in suits and they're going out to dinner with politicians and they're lobbying. And again, These politicians would never get the money from the cartels if they didn't promise to build the wall. See, they're promising to build the wall so that they could be paid not to build the wall. You see? That's exactly what they're doing with TikTok. They're promising to ban TikTok. And then the flip side is, it's sort of like I walk into a car dealership and I make an offer, and they make a counter offer. And then I make an offer, and they make a counter offer. Basically, they say, we want $50,000 for the car. And I say, I only want to pay forty. And next thing you know, I'm buy- say, and if I'm buying it for a third party, if I'm buying it for the corporation, they might say, how about this? We'll sell it to you for forty-two. We'll give you three thousand dollars to and put it in your pocket, whatever. You know, I mean, at some point there's a kickback in there, in that exchange. And this way, it'll make you look like you got a deal, and it'll make you look like you sold it for what you needed to. And somehow, somehow along the way, you'll get some cash in your pocket. I mean, it's been done since the beginning of time. And the cartels are greasing the palms of the politicians who are getting up on the mic at a presser and saying, we need a secure wall. And if only Paul Ryan used to do this, the globalist that he is, he used to say, he had a whole brochure. And he used to say, if only we could have somebody in the White House You know, we have the numbers in the House and the Senate, um, but Barack Obama's blocking it. And if only we had somebody in the White House to rubber stamp, you know, give us the stamp we need, we could get that wall built. So then Trump comes to town with the House and the Senate. And guess what? It didn't get built. And it wasn't Trump's fault because Trump had every intention to do it. He tried as hard as he could, and he did build a lot of wall. Biden hasn't built one square inch of it. They're not serious. Like I said, they have this stupid app that's basically a concierge, a ticket master, if you will, to basically collect data, import slave labor, and use the data to register ballots that are going to get mailed out. And ballot harvesters are going to pick up those ballots. Mules are going to fill them out and drop them off into the mailboxes. They'll have 30 days, if not 40 days, to process all of these millions of ballots that are going to be coming through this app that's basically these illegals coming through the open border. It's all about voter registration that gets to voter fraud. You need the voter registration first. And once they get their... Identifiers their identification information they can then automatically register them, then they can automatically send them you know we need to end mail in you know uh, in we need a we need to ban indiscriminate ballot mailing. There's a chain of custody issue there because all those ballots, all the millions of ballots get mailed out to some place that I think corrupt people know where these places are. They pick them up. They then spend weeks filling them out. And that's, again, that's why the Maricopa County signature verification case is going to be so damning for so many people. All right, so we got one one more clip. I would like to go back to the racist person who works for you. Matt Gates obliterates a witness. Let's take a listen.
4: I would like to go back to the tweets of the racist person that works for you. What does caudacity mean?
6: I have no idea, Congressman. You
4: took six months to investigate one tweet? You didn't even figure out what the words meant?
6: I didn't investigate the thing. She's a DOD. Well, uh, you said she's in the Fox News
4: article a... that you were going to take 30 days and investigate, and it took you six months. In, in a six-month investigation, you guys didn't learn what caudacity meant? I think you know. I think everyone...
3: By the way, this is a guy named Cisneros. He's the—this he's the, uh, guy Cisneros is the head of—secretary of DEI um, at the—I uh, think it's the Department of Defense. Let's take a listen.
4: In a six-month investigation, you guys didn't learn what caudacity meant? I think you know. I think every person that's going to watch this exchange knows you know. It's, it's, she's trying to lash audaciousness with someone being Caucasian, isn't she?
6: I have no idea, Congressman. Wow, what an investigation. When she was well, PD, I, did sessions, not, I will says, say I did not do the investigation. She is a, a GS employee that's employed by Dodia. Well, Dodia conducted the investigation. Gosh, uh, the Pentagon told Fox
4: News Digital that Gil Cisneros would provide a final decision in 30 days. So they gave. So someone at the Pentagon is throwing your name out there as being responsible for this, and now it looks foolish that you're suggesting you don't know what that means.
6: He, well, he, I would say let, that. Hold on. That PD quote did not come Let's go Let's go to, me, let's go to this, Mr. Cisneros.
4: From. What's a PD session?
6: Um, my guess would be personal development.
4: Personal development. You don't think it's professional development? another open matter for the investigation that it didn't resolve so you don't know what caudacity means she's obviously talking about professional development there and like when she says i had to stop the or let's go to the next claim the caudacity to say that black people can be racist too mr cisneros can black people be
6: racist too
3: i've already stated congressman by the way the woman that he's referring to is kalissa wing kalissa wing she is part of the DEI uh, mechanism of the DOD. And of course, uh, later in this exchange, you're going to, Cisneros, Gil Cisneros is going to be asked whether black people could be racist, and he w- refused to answer it.
6: And that I didn't agree with her statements? Uh, but I'm asking Department about that question: Can American black people statement? be racist? Uh, this... this question is about me or my personal beliefs but again well, I, you're I, the I don't, leading official I, over DEI I don't a agree. racist
4: person who works for you puts out these tweets and you won't say whether you agree or disagree I told with you I chairman I,
0: I don't, don't
6: agree remind members to
2: observe standards of
6: decorum this is okay.
4: decorum it's my time can black people be racist
6: I do I do not agree with that tweet
4: do you agree with that statement I'm asking you a statement can black people be racist
6: I'm not going to answer that congressman w- why not Because it's it's you're asking me a personal opinion and that's not what this is. Well actually
4: I'm asking you in your capacity as a senior DOD official in the Biden administration, who is where we see recruiting falling off the table, whether or not the embrace of racist tweets, whether shuffling these people around rather than firing them, and whether this little exchange here is helping or hurting recruiting. Let's go ahead and put up the recruiting. I
6: I will tell you we do not support racist tweets. We do not support racism. Well, did you fire this lady? Again, you as, hired her. As I stay I did not hire her. As she DOT was, hired her. As, as it was stated earlier, she's a DODIA employee. She's a GS employee. The inquiry that was done said these these tweets were done on a personal matter. Oh,
4: a personal matter. It, it How was, do you know it's it a, personal, a matter personal matter if you don't know that the PD stands for within, professional development, Mr. Cisneros, within. This is a professional development session where she attacked white colleagues and took the position that black people can't be racist. Now, you can't answer basic questions about it. And here's what I would propose to you. This is what we're looking at in recruiting right now. It's fallen off the table. And when you have employees that you don't fire who do racist things and say racist things, then you really hurt the ability to recruit people who want to be part of, a, of an inclusive and diverse force.
6: I would say the data that we have is not, the, the recruiting is not falling off because of that. But again, the Department of Defense, Studia, does not agree with the tweets that she made. It but was at is, three that o'clock is. during the workday. You didn't fire her.
4: If someone puts out racist things, do you fire them or do you just move them around?
6: That was not an official. that was not an official. that's her own personal See, Twitter here's, account. Here's
4: the problem with the double standard, Mr. Cisneros. When Caucasian members of the military Post about the Second Amendment or supporting building the wall, you all seem to be on a white supremacy snipe hunt. You seem to take people 's personal views and weaponize them against them and i 've had people in my district who serve that wonder whether or not some joke that they forwarded or meme that they liked is going to result in the ruining of their careers
3: you know i 'm going to stop right there what What is our government up to what are What are we doing? Why are we not reminding our government that the documents and the personnel belong to us they work for us they're not kings and so we need to we need to re- hit the reset button on this the tra- lack of transparency you know glenn greenwald said it great when we were talking about the cia and the secrecy and what it's become is that the it used to be that the public And public sector was completely transparent to the people who were completely private. And what has happened is that script is flipped upside down and on its face. That the citizens no longer have privacy, no longer have fourth amendment protections for illegal searches and seizures. And it's, it's mechanisms like the Patriot Act that have, really torn away at the fabric of our civil liberties. And so we really need to reevaluate the tools that have been put into place in response to um, catastrophes that were caused in large part by the government. You could say, well, nine eleven, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. The Bush policies, number one, you could say, okay, like, for example, if you compare Trump, to Biden and the Ukraine-Russia conflict, Trump wanted to bring Russia into G8. And like I say, now France and China are using the yuan instead of the dollar for a liquid natural gas trade. And you can go on and on with this. There's oil trading going on between China and India and Russia and even Brazil. Brazil. They've all gotten on board with supporting not only BRICS, which is bigger than G7 now, but they're using the different currencies other than the dollar. No one's going to use it. The dollar is going to crash. And we're going to be a real third-rate country if we're not careful once that happens. That's a big deal. And that just happened. That's happening. You know, Russia's GDP is stronger than Germany's for the first time. A lot of good those sanctions did. The only thing the sanctions did that Biden rolled out against Russia in the name of Ukraine was created immunity for Russia against the failing Western banks like Silicon Valley Bank. So we did them a solid. We actually helped them because of our own stupidity. A guy like Jake Sullivan or Mike Carpenter, or even Eric C. Mella. all of these people that were part of the Russian hoax and, and embedded in Ukraine are all shamefully stupid and completely academic. Let's take a listen to this exchange related to COVID. Again, another cover-up, another botched effort that resulted in the death and destruction of many people. On September 12th and November 7th of
2: last year, I sent letters to the State Department asking for records about coronavirus research that had been funded by the State Department. State Department refused to comply. When Assistant Secretary Sherman came, I asked her the same question. She didn't seem to be aware that you had been funding coronavirus research, but you are. And I got the I'll get back to you line. A couple weeks later, I met personally with you at the State Department and asked you the same question. Will you not divulge to us the records of the State Department's support for coronavirus research, particularly in China? You assured me you would help. We communicated several times over the phone with another assistant secretary of state uh, who finally sent us a letter and said, no, we're not going to give you anything. So that's where we stand. And it's uh, my question is, what's the State Department hiding? Why won't you give these records to the American people?
6: Uh, Senator, thank you. And, uh, yes, I appreciated uh, you raising this when we saw each other uh, a month or so ago uh, and my understanding is that our teams have been working to find an uh, accommodation uh, there's long-standing
2: we practice. got a refusal blanket refusal no they are not going to give us the records um,
6: we cannot directly provide uh, the sure you can unredact, unredacted cables we have a long-standing practice with this committee uh, about how we do you're things. refusing but,
2: you're refusing to release them no, but not I think, that you can't there's a difference between can and may you uh, won't do it but you can do
6: it. My hope is that we can find a way forward that answers your concerns so that you get the information that you're looking for. My understanding is that our team's have been working on that, and I commit to continue to do that so we can get you the... the uh, We're talking about
2: unclassified material. Most of this is unclassified. And so we just had a unanimous vote in the Senate and in the House... And President Biden just signed a a bill saying he's going to declassify stuff. But if you declassify it and you still hide it from the American people, that's a problem. I mean, we spend all of this time lambasting authoritarians and for lack of transparency. We have these silly networks on TV that are aligned with the Democrat Party saying democracy is under attack. What do you think transparency has something to do with democracy? You're refusing to give records on research. Money that went for research. We want to read the research grant proposals. We want to read what the people in Wuhan sent back to the State Department saying they did.
3: What he's saying is there's gain-of-function research and the USAID and NIAID, Fauci's group, and Samantha Power runs USAID, and they're funneling money all over the place, setting up biolabs in Ukraine and with China, and rolling out bioweapons that threaten people uh, and interests like uh, in Russia. And we wonder why there's a conflict in Ukraine with bioweapons about 100 miles away from Moscow. I I don't really blame Russia for being upset with NATO aggression. And that that lies the problem. And, you know, when Trump decided he wanted to bring Russia into G7 and make it G8, that would have empowered us over BRICS, that would have secured the dollar as a standard... And that would have done a lot of uh, to prevent uh, the kind of conflicts that we're seeing around the world. So it's preemptive foreign policy that could really get the job done before conflict really arises. And we have dumb people in the State Department that don't know what the hell they're doing. And with that, we're at the end of the show uh, for the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Check out MAGAPAC.org to find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Make a donation if you can. Use Red State over at Pillow as your promo code. And we'll see you next time. Bye
5: bye.